1: Hello, happy Monday. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Jordan. And I was like, should I start off with my most recent one star review (laughs) entitled worthless? Or should we continue on with the IG poll where y'all asked some super good questions like about sexting Mm -hmm. my stance on a feet binder, mm -mm, ways to show your appreciation to your husband, etc. Lots of things. How do you tell your significant other? They stink they have bad hygiene. It was a blast. It was a good old time. Didn't get to them all, So I figured let's use the intro where we answer a few more because some of y'all DM'd them and instead of responding to you where it's a little too intimate, especially when you're like, what's your favorite size of dick? Like it's just kind of an intimate response if I just direct reply to you for some reason. So I'd rather just share with the class and I'll share it for all women. We're not lying. When we tell men, it's not about the size. It's about how you work it. Like that, that is true. But obviously, if someone was extreme on either side, whether it's ginormous or micropenis, that's not ideal. And I feel like this answer isn't shocking. And it's not like, whoa, really? It's like, no shit. You know, you should know that. We should know. I feel like sometimes... Some people, some guys, they really want to, like, we love your dick, I promise. Don't worry. We love it. It's true. It's true. There are many, many women obsessed in love with doing backward flips on a below air quotes average penis. So, you know, depends on who it's attached to and what you're doing with it and the skills combined and possibly your bank account size. Harsh, but again, honesty and transparency, very important around here. Very important around here. And keeping in tune with that, I do believe the listener who asked about the penis size, girth, length, whatever, was asking me because I put a poll, ask me anything. So if I was talking personal preference, I'm going to be a real cheesy, corny little bitch and say my husband's because I'm a married lady. But if I wasn't married, (laughs) I would say, I think I'm just like your average girl that enjoys a good looking wiener. Ugh, I hate that word. I don't think any of the word penis, dick, cock, all of them, the one syllable, just so harsh, so cutting, I think most girls, including myself, would say it's kind of like Goldilocks. We just, you know, want it to be just right. Something that's not going to destroy us and needing, you know, constructive surgery years down the road and then not something that is comparable to a pencil or tampon. And that's my most honest personal preference answer. Another listener asked about pubic hair like a lot, some or none. And I loved hearing y'all's answers because people certainly do have preferences. And I think that you should totally share that with your significant other. What a great way for that person to now be like, ooh, I know what they like. Here's how I can be sexy for them. But if you've listened to this podcast any amount of time, you know I am pro switching it up and not being predictable because especially if you're in a long-term relationship, if you've been married for some time, sometimes you want to mix it up just because you fucking want to or keep them on their toesies, or just because a different visual can be nice sometimes. So food for thought. How long have you rocked the bush? How long have you rocked the landing strip? Have you been bare forever and ever? Amen. Change it up. Now, for men, and like my personal preference, what do I want to see on a guy? I want them to look like they shower and manscape, but I'm not really into the bare, like seal, hairless look. And I'm, but I'm not into like really hairy balls either because I don't want. If they go on my mouth, I don't want to feel like I'm flossing with their balls. That will make me want to throw up. So I like a little manscaping. Hairless balls would be ideal. (laughs) They're going to be really strategic with what they're going for. But as long as you, you know, just keep it at bay, I am ever so grateful. One female listener asked, can women get the feeling of blue balls if it's been a really long time? You know, if you're asking... Me, if I know that answer for sure, you know I don't. Bitch, you already fucking know I don't. I don't know, but it sure as hell feels like it. Let's not be dumb fucks and pop on Google really quick. Holy shit. Oh, bitch. Okay, title of this episode, female blue balls. (laughs) Done. Women can experience a similar phenomenon. I knew it. I've been gaslit my whole life. Dubbed blue vulva in which excess blood remains in the vulva and clitoris for extended period of time. Wow. It's called blue bean. (laughs) Honey, I got the blue bean. My blue bean, it hurts so bad. Fuck you. Yeah, I left him. I finally left him. I had to cheat. I couldn't tolerate the blue bean anymore. Hilarious. Hilarious. But yeah, I guess that's true. And uh, wow. I keep scrolling on Google. Yes, women can get blue balls. Here's what it feels like. Can women get blue balls too? Yes. What's blue vulva syndrome? Wow. Did I just rock everybody's world or is it just mine? And I would tell you that it feels like when... When I have felt it, it's felt like adrenaline. I don't know because I didn't like go grab a mirror and say, do I have a blue clitoris? But I have felt adrenaline rushes that are similar to rage where I know it's horniness. And I feel like I could, you know, push my whole body through drywall. And in those moments, sometimes I'm like, I think if I climaxed right now, everything would be okay. But maybe that is adrenaline. So, you know, I didn't have a blue vulva. But guys don't have blue, actual blue balls. They're just painful and it hurts. So I'm assuming the clit would hurt. It'd be swelling like a little heartbeat. like If you've had a heartbeat in your private parts, you know. And as a matter of fact, today's guest on the podcast is probably going to give you one of those because today, what a transition, Jordan. (laughs) Today, Susan Bratton is on the podcast. She came on episode 80 and she rocked y'all's world because she talked about throat orgasms, which I still, you know, like I'm in between Limiting beliefs here. I'm like, I've never experienced that, but she loves to tell the story and she backs it with all of her knowledge and the vagus nerve. And go listen to it if you haven't heard it already. Very interesting, and she's super entertaining, super easy to listen to. And you'll walk away with like, holy shit, I didn't know that, and some technique tips. And she's back for more of that. You're gonna get technique tips, you're gonna get her super fucking interesting, inspiring. So relatable, so relatable affairs, repairing your marriage, not liking the sex, reinventing your sex, all of it. You're going to love it. You're going to be obsessed with it. We get into men. We're going to enlighten your ass on how she really wants to experience pleasure, how to go about getting her back in the game. That if y'all had sex, y'all really liked before, and you're not having it anymore, she promises you can get it back. And that's inspiring, and I loved it. So stay tuned. If you like audio erotica, if you are looking for a new foreplay idea, the Patreon is the place for you. Last week's stories both were like a boss situation. One, she was at work, just too horny, couldn't wait till she got home to touch herself. So she went to the bathroom and lo and behold, boss man walked in and I'll leave the rest up to your imagination, but it's actually even better than you're thinking. And I read it like a star. So go check that out. And there's also part four of sleeping with my boss. And his son, exclamation mark, question mark. So ooh, stay tuned for part five. You can listen to a preview, I think, of the first or second one, and they'll get you sucked in and you're like, fuck it, I have to hear the rest of this shit. I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of fun. And I really have a who and a how a better time than you'll ever know reading them. So link in the episode notes. Also, please subscribe to the show and leave a nice, kind review. So worthless, triggered, gaping butthole, sir man isn't the last person who left a review. So if we can fix that ski, that would be great. Please and thank you. And subscribe so you stay in the loop. Follow me on social media at underscore the horny housewife podcast. Stay in the loop, stay in the know, and let's get into it. Here we go. Kicking it off. Hi, Jordan. I've been listening to the podcast for a while now, and I absolutely love the show. My wife and I have sex regularly and we're both open to experimenting in the bedroom. I recently suggested watching porn together and immediately watched the color leave my wife's face. And she said she thinks that would be too awkward to do together. I don't want to make her feel uncomfortable. So I dropped it and changed the subject. I mentioned it to a friend a few days later, and he said, definitely, because she doesn't want me to see the porn she watches and we laughed it off like guys do. That got me thinking though and curiosity got the better of me. So I did some snooping and sure enough, she's watching some pretty intense shit. (laughs) I saw a lot of videos about women cheating on their white boyfriends and husbands with black guys because they're so much bigger and better in every way. This made me feel, is that what she typed in the search bar you're saying? white boyfriends women cheating on their white boyfriends with black guys because they're better and bigger in every way or is this like the the narrative you have in your head that they're bigger and better in every way if so sir stop this made me feel physically sick to my stomach and I'm questioning if I can even turn her on or if she fantasizes about other stuff all the time my confidence has never been great, but it's at an all-time low right now, and it's affecting our sex life as I'm not initiating anymore, because when sexual thoughts come up, the black cloud, no pun intended, creeps up and takes me right out of it. I talked to her about it, and she tried to assure me that it's not actually a thing she would ever act on. She just likes the fantasy and taboo feeling around it from time to time. <laughs> Sorry. I'm laughing at the black cloud, no pun intended. She says that she's totally into me and she loves me and that I'm making this a bigger deal than it is. What do I do to get over this week and get back to the healthy sex life we had before? I looked behind the curtain. Well, you know what? You want me to shoot you straight like a sissy? I would say time to man up, time to be realistic. Let me just tell you, generally speaking, I'm going to be generalizing out the ass here that a lot of people would probably relate and identify and nod their head even in shame even if they didn't want to you know how many bitches how many girls including myself want to be like I feel like I should know what they're doing and do you want them to know everything you're doing are you sure are you sure you'd want them to see every single porn and dirty thought you've ever had ever While you've been together even? Probably not. And guess what they probably mean? Especially if it's like fleeting random during porn. And you know that feeling when you climax after a porn, you're like, you disassociate for a second. (laughs) And I encourage people not to watch something that makes them feel low vibe. That's a whole thing. Don't even get me started. But I'm sure we can relate to having thoughts that arouse us that have no like effect on our real world circumstances, relationship status. Like, that's it, it doesn't hold any weight. You don't really feed it a lot of energy. So, if she was habitually watching porn to the or watching porn where like she didn't want to have sex with you unless y'all were talking about whatever this fantasy was or you'll have to watch it all the time together apart you can't get off with you then I could see how something is problematic and you would feel super insecure and I don't want to not validate the fact that you feel insecure like fair I mean anyone me myself included when you go snooping you can get your feelings hurt and It's not to say that what someone was doing was right, but when it comes to this specifically, she felt like that was a private moment. That was a private moment for her, not one for judgment or to be discussed with, because she doesn't feel comfortable to talk about it with you, clearly, right? And then if you get upset with her about it, you bring it up and it causes all of this chaos... Whether she wants to be fair and loving and the partner that you want her to be subconsciously, she's like, Oh, I know how that went the first time like that. Especially if she's like an avoidant personality, she's going to avoid that conflict at all costs and just want to shut down. No discussing, no making you feel better. It sounds like you need to change your perspective, your mindset, set boundaries for yourself. Because that doesn't feel good to look at her porn history, to give your energy to that because it'll consume you and your thoughts and remind yourself of the truth. She's telling you she wants to be with you. Does her body language during sex? Is that everything that feels bad just from what you've seen and the thoughts you have? If you continue to have them, they will continue to manifest physically. So get yourself in check remind yourself, oh my gosh, she's telling me that it means nothing. I wish you watched some dirty porn. So I could say it's just like that probably means nothing. And you wouldn't trade your girlfriend for the back alley slut. I don't even know if I made my point with the generalizing thing, but lots of people think something super, super hot. Like I'll tell girls, I'm like, if he watched some cougar porn, doesn't mean he wants you to be 50, and he would love to trade you in for his friend's stepmom. No, it's just this isolated fantasy, hopefully. So the solution all boils down to a decision that you're going to have to make. Are you ready to get over it? Do you believe you can get over it? Do you believe you can move past it? Because if you believe to the core of you that you will never move on, that it'll always sneak back up on you, the black cloud, then it will and you're fucked, you're S-O-L. And if you want me to be your mildly toxic sissy who hypes you up, I would be like, you know what? You need to get your groove back. You need to build your fucking confidence up, quit the thought loop of they're bigger and better than me in every way, and tap into the dominant daddy you believe you can be. So it's gonna start with baby steps. Maybe it won't be a light switch. If you believe it can be, it can. It really is that simple. Sounds cheesy, sounds corny, but promise cross my heart it's true. Now I can't guarantee you if y'all break up that her next man won't be black. I can't I can't promise you and tell you that her high level of arousal doesn't mean that she's not attracted to that, but Give her the benefit of the doubt. Believe her that she's committed. Ask yourself like where you stand in the relationship. Why don't you go on your own little journey of what you're into? What makes you really fucking turned on and feel primal and and see if you can bring that energy to the bedroom. She'll know it. She'll see it. She'll feel it. Fuck. Get a blue choo chewable. Show her what you're made of. Okay, moving onward. We only have time for one more question here we go. What do I do with the thought of masturbating always sounds better than sex with my spouse? I think you have a lot of questions to ask yourself. And I think that would sound like why? Why is it? Do you have open communication about sex with your spouse? I would assume not. I would assume that there is a big gaping wide distant hole in between you and that you're probably not having the kind of sex you want to and there's a good chance that she's not enjoying the sex she's having either. Is the reason you would prefer masturbation because it's quick? It doesn't come with any emotional attachment? Is this because you, I know this can sound mean, but a self-aware person Is this because you don't have the capacity to handle what comes with it? Is it an emotional experience for her? Does she always want it to be like making love and sometimes you just want it to be a physical release and she doesn't participate in that way ever? Maybe because it's so few and far between. There's so many factors that I don't know, but there's definitely, definitely a reason and you'll have to start narrowing that list down and dial in if you want anything to change. And if you don't, I think that's pure laziness and selfishness. And that's just me being honest because you know there's something wrong enough to reach out and ask someone who you think might have solution or guidance. So it's big enough in the forefront of your mind enough to reach out for solutions. So to take action, like inspired action, guided action, seeking more information, be hungry for more information, and turning inward and being a team, you can climb out of the hole. In fact, this interview is going to be perfecto for you. So buckle in. Everybody get comfy. I suggest you get home for this one. Sit on the couch. Grab your spouse, possibly a glass of wine, a cheese board. It's the holidays. Bake a brie, bitch. At the last 20 minute mark, like when you got 20 minutes left, I suggest all the men to start with a shoulder massage and finish out the EP. And I'm going to make a bet that 40% of the people who do that are going to end with someone climaxing. So that's my bet. And I love you long time don't forget to subscribe to the show. Follow me on social media. Follow Susan. Anything we talk about in the EP, you will find link, directions, guidance to get there in the episode notes. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, intimacy expert to millions, Susan Bratton. Okay, everyone. I have with me Susan Bratton. Again, I don't know that you came on the show a long time ago, episode 80. And at that time, the audience was like 12,000 listeners an episode, and now we're almost to 30,000 listeners an
0: episode. Oh, fantastic. Well, you should grow. You have such a great show. I'm glad to hear people are finding out about it.
1: Yeah. Me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. So welcome back, Susan. She is an, I'm so excited to talk to you. She is an intimacy expert to millions. And last time we talked, the one thing that stood out the most that people were freaking out about was Ooh. the throat orgasm, which I had never known until yeah. you told me. Right. <laughs> yes. And it ro- shook my, it rocked my world. And I went down a rabbit hole and you inspired a lot of people to learn about their vagus nerve. Is that it? Yeah. Vagal,
0: yeah. Vagal
1: nerve, vagus nerve. nerve. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So that was yeah. exciting. So I was hoping today we would talk about something that people write in all the time about. And I share my perspective. I've been with my husband almost nine years now, and that's a, a, an eternity for me, but you've been married quite some time, right? Yeah. 30 years. Like, 30 fucking years. Yeah. And I'm 62.
0: I'm having the best wow. sex of my life. You look fucking and amazing. <laughs> I still absolutely love to have sex with my husband.
1: <sighs> but we didn't always.
0: We didn't you did always. It.
1: You said something. I was watching your content because your content's great. I love it. Thank you, you. said something along the lines that if you loved sex in the beginning and not so much now, that you can get that back. And I would love for you to elaborate on that.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting. Okay, so I've got some news for you too. I um, uh, There's a doc. So my story is so much everybody's story that there's a documentary film being made about it. (laughs) Essentially, the story of my husband, Tim, and I, and how our marriage fell apart and we almost got divorced. Oh my god. The moment when we realized we had to try to keep it together, what we did to fix it and why it fell apart was I didn't want to have sex with him anymore. I was avoiding him for sex. He was try- He tried everything to ha- get sex from me and none of it worked because I wasn't having orgasms from intercourse. We didn't have enough sexual knowledge and skills and it was our journey to find the find out what it was going to take part of it was going to therapy because I had had sexual abuse by my stepfather as a child. And I'd had a lot of bad things happen in my dating in my 20s as well, like nearly getting raped. I got pregnant the first time I ever had intercourse and had to have an abortion. I mean, like, I just had, if it could have gone wrong, it did. One Mm -hmm. guy kicked me out of bed and said, get your stuff never come back. Uh, you're you no good in bed. And, I, and at the time I thought it was me when now I realize it takes two to tango and he trauma, was, trauma, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I had all these things, which therapy helped a lot for that. But what really transformed our relationship was going to sex workshops. Okay. We went, we live oh. in the Bay Area uh, in California. And so we have access to right weekend events where we you learn how your genitals work, how the, the difference between the male and female body, um, what women crave, what men crave, what drives us, how we get pleasure, the kinds of pleasure that are possible, bringing your heart to it, staying present. You know, all of these skills that we did not have, we were just basically doing a very, you know, like a kind of a form of just procreation, you know, which right. uh, is, uh, 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 yeah. and he came and I didn't. And I did that for over, I did that for a 12 years. And then I was just like, I don't want to do this mm. anymore. And then he checked out emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, he got tired of trying. Um, he started having serial affairs with mm-hmm. married women whose husband were, husbands weren't having sex with them to try to cope. And so basically the documentary is the story of how we turned it around, how anyone can turn it around if we just had access to this knowledge and what it's been like for the last two decades. Because what happened for us was we said, oh my God, it's so easy to have a great sex life if you just know what to do. Yeah, yeah. And so we said, we're going to take, we were internet people, really mm-hmm. web 1.0 internet people. My company invented the cable modem. My husband's company invented Rhapsody, ah. the first online music service. Huh? We were like internet geeks yeah. who didn't just didn't know how to have sex like everybody. Nobody learns because it we're religiously shamed, we're repressed, we're abused. We, what's shown in movies and porn is not what people mm-hmm. want. Yeah. And so, I mean, they might want it once in a while as right. a you know fun thing, but it's not the heterosexual, monogamous, passionate lovemaking. Correct. And so we ended up starting our company 17 years ago Called Personal Life Media. And we said we want to transform having sex into making love through online programs that are like workshops that anyone, anywhere mm-hmm. in the world can access. And you don't have to get naked and <laughs> go into a, bu- yeah, a room full right. of sweaty people and do a lot of like melting hugs. Okay. And so, <laughs> <laughs> sounds fun too, right? <laughs> and so, it's um, been really difficult because we are censored. We're teaching passionate lovemaking techniques. Mm. And we're censored just like any pornography is censored. We're lumped in. All sex is bad to social media, Uh, to advertising. And we didn't want to advertise in pornography because we're kind of the antidote to pornography. We're very female forward you know, feminine pleasuring, getting a woman to the point oh. where she wants sex as much as he does because he's got these competitive advantages. You know, he's mm. he gets erections that wake him up at night. He wakes up with morning wood. He masturbates on the daily to keep his sperm biologically wired, to keep his sperm fresh. He's watching porn. He's thinking about sex. Yeah. She's on a 28-day cycle. Her Different. desire is somewhat inscrutable. She doesn't have... as sp- much testosterone. Mm. She's not like around all the time. Right. And then we're societally conditioned to like not be the aggressors, you know, to not be horny. We're sluts if we are, you know, the whole Madonna War thing, all the religious repression. So the documentary that's coming out, if you want to follow me, the link is at thegift.film. And I'll be posting some behind the scenes and, you know, leading up to it. It's like a two-year process to, to have a documentary made. And it was funny because I was on the phone this morning, Tim and I were on WhatsApp with our daughter who's in Sri Lanka, and -hmm. she was asking, you know, how's the documentary going? And we were telling her that it's going to be this fictional couple depicting our path, our story, because, Mm -hmm. you know, it'll be good to be uh, the fictional couple acted out. And then I weigh in as the, you know, expert with other experts. It's a documentary essentially about censorship and how our sexuality is being tamped down Mm -hmm. and the shame and all all this plus all the things that you can learn what what is the ecosystem of knowledge that is required for people to have a great sex life That keeps getting better and better over time. And I was talking to my daughter and she said, Am I in the movie? (laughs) And I said, Yeah, actually, you're in this pivotal scene where I can remember that I'd found out my husband was having an affair. And I didn't realize at that moment that what he was trying to do was cope with his turn Mm -hmm. on and desire. And he wanted to stay in the relationship because he loved me and he loved our daughter and he loved our marriage and he loved our friendship and he loved everything but not getting sex for me. Sex. Right. And I had just kind of checked out of it and focused on my my kid and my career because it was so disappointing for me. Mm-hmm. And so I remember that when I found out that he was having an affair, I said, you're just going to have to move out. We, this is just, we can't, I can't have this. You know, like I was in that old paradigm mm-hmm. of if he cheats, he's awful. Now, I don't think that at all. I realized he was just trying to stay in the relationship with me and cope with Mm. a situation that he did not know what to do anything about. He felt he had tried everything. And I remember that she she was six years old at the time and she had this little, little peach colored blanket that my auntie had made her with this satin trim on it. And when she was nervous and worried about things, she would take that little blankie and she would rub the satin on her lip to soothe herself. And Mm. she was standing in the doorway, holding my hand, watching her daddy drive out the driveway for the Mm. last time. And she was rubbing that little satin blankie on her lip. And she said to him, he rolled the window down to say goodbye to us. Mm. And she looked at him, she looked at me, and she looked at him and she said, will you still be my
1: daddy? Oh my God. Oh. Uh, dagger, uh, to the heart. Oh. <laughs> out I said,
0: it turn around, we got to mm-hmm. figure this out. And that mm-hmm. set us on the path to the healing. Okay, I was going to ask, what was it that 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 changed everything? <laughs> what changed wow. everything was a combination of dealing with my traumas mm. and getting to a point of compassion for my transgressors, which is a big fucking leap for most people who can't yeah. even get over the transgression. It takes a lot wow. of behavioral flexibility to be able to, and strength and you know uh, understanding to be able to do that. I had a great therapist, and at the same time, starting to go to sex workshops and literally realizing how freaking easy it is to just learn how to be a great lover. It's learn skills. We think we're supposed to know these things. We know slot A into slot B and Correct. that's not going to get you orgasms for her. And then she's not going to want to have sex. And that's what happens. I remember this guy wrote to me. So this is what got me into the business. The very first program that we created was Revive Her Drive. And it was for men in relationship who were like, my wife doesn't want to have sex with me or doesn't want to have enough sex with me. I'm always begging you know, honey doing blah, blah, blah yeah. all this
1: stuff. I hear that all the time. That's the number one thing I hear around here.
0: I, I just recently met a really nice guy in my town. I met, I was started talking to him in the parking lot at our workout gym and um, he just, he seemed nice. And then I, I realized he had the accent from where I grew up. And so I started talking to him and we ended up going on a bike ride this weekend. And he said that, you know, like a few months ago, his oncologist told him he had maybe three years to live Oh And he could maybe see his son graduate from high school and he had prostate cancer
1: Mm.
0: and he had to have massive radiation and all kinds of damage, you know, to kill the cancer and it Mm. may come back and he may not live. And he said, you know, I said, why why do you think you got it? What do you think it was? What, What happened? And he said, I think it's that. I was married to my wife for 23 years, and she never wanted to have sex. And I turned myself inside out, trying to figure out what would get her to want me. And I started doing everything in the house, taking care of everything in addition to my job. And that just had her work more. And she just focused on her career. And I was so angry and so disillusioned that I think I got cancer from it. And I was like, that is reasonable, dude.
1: I mean, that is because I'm a believer of, you know, manifesting illness and, you know, yeah. where we vibrationally sit, you know, we see that come up. That is terrible and sad. What do you think about like people walking at a certain point? Do you think there are couples in situations where it is a hopeless situation because you don't have two willing people? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this is why you started out saying the bifurcation point. And that is, so when I started Reviver Drive and I said, here's what my husband did. And here's what we learned that turned our sex life back on. These are the things that are missing in your dynamic, in your marriage, that are making it that she doesn't want sex. And the, but I always say to guys, If it wasn't good when you got married, like if she was abused and traumatized and she won't go to a therapist and work on it, if she's grown up in a terribly religiously repressed environment and sex is shameful and Mm -hmm. she doesn't want to fix it, Mm -hmm. if she has some fundamental psychological issue, like maybe anything from being on the, you know, like super Aspergery y untouchable, ace, or asexual, or any of those. Like sex is a big bell curve and there's people all over it. But some people just don't like to be touched. They don't want... If you ended up marrying that person, you maybe want to try again. But if you had good sex, if it was romantic, if you kissed, if you snuggled, if you, you had good times you know, then you can get it back and you can make it even better. And so there really are
1: some Some situations to walk in. What about women? I mean, I I just thought of this when you were saying it. Women, I've heard of women getting divorced and they were like, I felt asexual in my marriage. Yeah. And now I'm like, I I wasn't, I'm not asexual. I am, I just didn't like the sex I was having.
0: Yeah, right. So there's two things there. Uh, Well, there's three. One is the birth control pill. And some antidepressants, mm, right? Yes. So, medications, pharmacological interference in your desire channel. That's well, one. That's a lot. It's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot. You know me, I can do throat spasms, I can handle a
1: mouthful. <laughs> I knew something was coming out <laughs> That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> I love you so much. Mouthful. You're so cute. I can say you. anything and everything to you. And Here I love that kindred spirit. So, that's one. Um the the second thing is that if they are not the kind of person that has a growth mindset, they're mm. not willing to learn, they're unwilling to budge for whatever reason then that, that. you know, then that's a problem. The other one is that um for a lot of men, they're just doing all the wrong things. And it's backfiring on them. Like my friend who got prostate cancer, he was telling me what he did. And I'm like, okay, that, no, that, all those were horrible ideas. Not, and like, they are mostly what guys think. Oh, I like, make- like doing all the work. Okay. Like going like and thinking, trading. doing the dishes are going to make yeah. her
1: pussy wet. Exactly. And then it's not. It's emasculating. It's- Is that because they're thinking in like, this is my love language, because like, I like when you do shit for me, but they're not thinking like, what is her love language and she wants to emotionally connect? No, it's because
0: they don't understand how the female body gets turned on. And they don't understand that it's their job to initiate and seduce their woman toward pleasure. And so this is really what reviver drive is about and another program program of mine that Dr. Patty Taylor who's one of my mentors she really mm-hmm. taught me how to have expanded orgasms which is what we what we is kind of one of the foundations of our our teaching is like yoni massage clitoral stroking expanded orgasmic practice because what happens is that I mean there's there's these basic issues one is that I already told you about how he wakes up horny and she doesn't right? That's, mm-hmm. that's common. And yeah, that yeah. we're not socialized to initiate. It doesn't even dawn on us. We need to have sex initiated. But what happens is that when men think they have to initiate, if I say to a guy, look, do you take out the trash every week? Yeah, of course I do. Mm-hmm. Do If a rat gets in the house, who kills it? Or a mm-hmm. spider or a snake? Well, I do. Okay, so whose job is it to initiate? Well, it should be 50-50. And it's like, nope, that's mm-hmm. where you're wrong. I like this. It's always an upside if she initiates. Yahoo! Hallelujah! She initiated. Yeah. <laughs> girl, you know? <laughs> but never an expectation. Because it's just not the dynamic of the masculine-feminine pair bond. It actually goes all the way back to Mm. testosterone dominance versus estrogen dominance and our hormonal profiles. And so the very first thing that I do is I say to guys, you have to... you." always initiate it's just your job and once you stop acting like a victim like I always have to initiate Mm -hmm. and you're more like I'm doing my job and I'm doing a great job because the second part of it is that you that you you are always horny and turned on and DTF and you if she's like let's fuck you'll be like okay I'm ready like I don't care what I'm doing I'm dropping everything to fuck and she's not like that And so she's in her head from her estrogen, which is a molecule of safety. She feels unsafe. Men don't understand how we feel unsafe in the Mm -hmm. world and that we have to have them take us into their arms and make us feel safe so we can let our guard down so we can get out of our head and into our body and connect with our man that we love. Yeah. And that that's the masculine sexual leadership that we need, not... The honeydews, the bartering and begging for sex, those push us away. And what brings us toward is this notion of seduction. There are four keys to seduction. This is in my seduction trilogy. And the first of the four keys is making a woman small offers to get her to start saying yes to you. Need she, an example. Yep. So she is um, in her head thinking about a million things. She's a massive multitasker because estrogen is a multitasking molecule where testosterone is full speed ahead, goal-oriented, don't bother. Like, have you ever noticed when you're talking to a guy, if he's doing something and you're trying to talk to him, Mm -hmm. it's like, he's like, I am busy here doing this mechanical thing. (laughs) Please do not be speaking to me right Mm -hmm. now. I cannot process this. Where women are like, you know, got one foot, they're doing this, Mm -hmm. they're doing that, they're juggling, they're talking. Literally, literally, (laughs) literally every day. (laughs) So he has to know that she's got all this shit going on and she didn't wake up with a big boner not only that but her she needs to let down relax that arousal begins in relaxation and when he's trying to like spin her knobs and push her buttons to get her turned
1: on literally like come up and just grab a boob grab you know (laughs) <laughs> a, a
0: pussy grabber is the worst example of this whole experience. Like no woman wants to be grabbed by the motherfucking pussy ever. We want our pussy stroked like a kitty cat once you've held us in your arms and we've relaxed and our we've let down and we're in our connect connection space. And so what happens? and I do not blame men at all. I am the champion of men. I'm here to get husbands and boyfriends laid re- on the regular.
1: That's why they're so. here. That's why they're listening right now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. So basically what I do is I teach them how to run her a menu of small offers. This is a seduction technique I learned from my mentor, Dr. Patty Taylor. I had her write it up. If you want a free report that explains it and shows you some examples. It's at moresexmoreoften.com.
1: I'm going to put everything you say in the episode notes as well to make it easy for people
0: thank you um i'm always dropping links because i like people to get lots of free things for me because me you, know, you can always buy things but you have i have to earn your trust and so mm-hmm. once you start running her a menu and and she is softening and she's starting to connect with you and you see that it's working you're like what else does susan Bratton have for yes. me you know so yeah. <laughs> the more sex more often is more like a would you like baby, would you like me to pour you a glass of chardonnay and sit down on the couch and tell me about your day? Mm. Would you like me to draw you a bubble bath? Would you like a foot rub? It's would you pussy wedding things? Relaxation <laughs> yes. without any pushing for sex. And a guy's like, but she's going to know I'm trying to get sex.
1: Well, do it she more than once then. Do once. it with no expectations. Give her a fucking massage and not go for the pussy right after. Like walk a exactly. fuck away after the
0: massage. Right. Catch and release is another big one I teach, which is walk up to her, hold her in the arms for a second and look at her and say, you are... Are such a beautiful woman to me. I love you so much. Let me just give you a little quick squeeze. Mm-hmm. Love you, and then let her go and walk away. And she's gonna be like, and "Yeah, I'm, I'm that's only, everyone's homework to me. You want more? <laughs> <laughs> will you more. You want her to be yes. like, a baby? Truly. Come here." And so when because the problem is that because he's testosterone turned on, goal-oriented, and his penis gets hard really fast. And then you have this construct that is foreplay and sex, which is foreplay is all the shit I have to do to get my dick insider. And the problem is he's rushing to that because he's like, I've got to stay hard, I've got to get there, you know, I gotta look. And, and so when I say to men, you should be healthy enough to get hard, go soft, get hard, go soft, get hard, go soft as much as you need. And if you need a little hot, deep throating kissing make out with some cock stroking to get fluffed when she's ready for you to penetrate her, she wants to do that too when she's yes. ready. Yeah. So I think the idea of a guy slowing down And turning around and meeting us where we are and seducing us with these small offers. And one of the practices that I really recommend is what you could call yoni massage, but I like a practice, a a specific five stroke technique that is the expanded orgasm practice that I've been doing for decades now with my partner. That was really one of the biggest things that helped us have me want regular lovemaking. It was a game changer. It was moving away from the mentality that sex is intercourse, because that's been handed down through religious repression, that sex is for procreation only, so the only thing that counts is intercourse. And moving to a wider palette of lingam massage, hot makeouts, or expanded orgasm dates, oral pleasuring and and have those be equally weighted and value as valuable as intercourse and not just trying to rush to intercourse but to start to slow down and enjoy all of the pleasurable orgasmic experiences that can be co-created through a lover together with your lover and so the expanded orgasm practice is another one of those things like the small offers where you learn this five stroke technique, there's three opening strokes, a bread and butter stroke, and a closing stroke, it's a form very similar to any martial art or anything like that, where you do it the way you do it yoga, you do it the way you do it, because it has an effect on the body, on the operating system of the body. And it's been called many things from orgasmic meditation to a deliberate massive orgasm to the butterfly Venus technique. I mean, it's, um, it's a lineage that has come down, been passed down And my version of it, the expandherorgasmtonight.com. There's some pleasure reports on there. Expandherorgasmtonight.com. In the episode else. that um, you can get for free, that explain what is an expanded orgasm, what is peaking, which is a big part of the practice, which helps her not only get into an orgasmic kind of me- s- b- mind body state, but to take the moment of orgasm and stretch it out like taffy. And then, they like time, like a time warp. So she comes for a really, really long time. And then how to I stack those? Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I think I an
1: expanded orgasm.
0: I think I think I gave it to you the last time I was on. But if I haven't, I'll, I'll make sure I do. Um, you you do one of those, and then the next one is even more intense, and the next one is even longer and more intense, and longer and more intense, to the point where you guys start doing a thing where you're like, well, how long do you think you can make me come? <laughs> And then an hour into coming, you're like, okay, I, I got to stop now. I got to rest. Like, it's
1: like <laughs> a pig. Don't pigs come for like thirty minutes or oh, something? That's maybe so I interesting. Just made this backed up, but I was told that. Oh wow!
0: I'll have to Google that. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I know that um, uh, pig clitorises have been studied in science. So um, maybe yeah. because
1: of that reason, it could be. Yeah
0: of the peaking is what lets us come harder and longer over time instead of getting worn out like when a when a guy writes to me and he's like my wife is one and done what do I do I say you're driving her too hard you're blowing out her Mm -hmm. system and you need to do much lighter touch but she only comes if I do it really hard and I'm like no you, you need to back off and let her sink into the sensations and let me show you how to stroke a clit and that's what the expand for orgasm tonight program that expanded orgasm practices it's like literally how do you play a clit like a fiddle a right. right exactly <laughs> like a, a dick is a flute yeah that
1: makes more sense that's so hilarious
0: i think that having an expanded orgasm practice where you're offering your woman expanded orgasm dates with no strings attached allows her to finally start to be able to fill up this you have these three big tubes in your penis that are full of erectile tissue when the blood flows in it expands and locks off and you have have an erection when you look at a female genital system, there's three erectile tissue structures in hers, just like in his penis, there's three, the urethral, perineal, and clitoral structures. But they are they kind of have a lot of nooks and crannies. And so what happens is she needs about 20 minutes to get the blood to flow in there, 20 minutes of consistent genital pleasuring. And when you know how to do pleasure pleasurable massage, really good oral pleasuring, not just the alphabet with your tongue on her Mm -hmm. clit.
1: We've moved past that.
0: We're so past that. And you understand how the stroke works on her clit to get her to go into these orgasmic trance states and come and come and come. Then that gives her time for all those little nooks and crannies to fill with blood. So she gets an engorgement, a lady boner a clit boner, but it's more than the clit. It's all underneath the vulva and it's basically surrounds the entire vaginal opening. And so then once she's got all that blood flowing in, the more often she does that, the faster it happens and the easier it happens and the more pleasurable it is and all that tissue gets activated and then all of it becomes orgasmic. Like I can have an orgasm if you just took your finger with a Mm -hmm. little bit of lube on it and ran it down the little edge of my inner labia, I'd come. Because I've activated the tissue. Mm -hmm. And so taking the time to get her hard on to happen. And then understanding at the end that she likes some compression on it because she gets too messed and it needs some compression afterward. Like really understanding how the pussy works. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And her knowing that you are willing to give her all this pleasure and learn these techniques What it does is it lets her have orgasms from intercourse for the first time. It helps her cross that chasm chasm. It helps her become massively multi-orgasmic. It helps her have incredible sensation. And when there's no pressure for her to fuck you afterward, when it's not a quid pro quo, when you're not only rubbing her clit because Mm. you're going to get fucked, when you don't do that anymore, because you can masturbate. So you can come whenever you want to so you really need to allow her to blossom into an a, a sexually activated being that whose body trusts that you're not going to push her before yeah. she's ready let her come to you that let her sense. get lubricated so many women are, are are they say to me i'm so dry i just don't have any lubrication left and i'm like Okay, well, part of that is that you've been rushed to sex your entire life, and part of it might be your hormones, and part of it is that you need some good lubrication. But honestly, if you are super turned on and you're plenty ready, you'll lubricate. So mm-hmm. here's mm-hmm. the mechanisms to get you to the point where you can lubricate yourself confidently. And um, well, oh, I wanted to tell you, mm-hmm. hang on, I brought some. I brought a couple things to show you. I have my show and tell here. Okay. So I love intercourse. Me too. I finally (laughs) learned how to come and come well from intercourse. Amazing. It took me years to get there. My husband never gave up. What and a man. Man. he's a good man he is a good man <laughs> and what i love is that we now know what the vagina looks like and this is basically what it looks like a flat little unblown up balloon with a little dimple at the top a little neck and a little little sphincter oh. muscle yeah. right at the yeah. entrance and what's interesting about this is that when you when a guy typically thinks when people think about a vagina it's literally named after the word sheath. And so hmm. it's... I didn't know that. People think about it like, like a sword goes into a sheath. Okay. They think about the vagina being the inside out penis, right? Hmm. So it's like, okay, it's just supposed to go like this. And when you watch pornography, that's also that's just... what you see is the banging, boom, 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 this kind of thing. And (laughs) jackhammers are nice when you're super warmed up and you really want to get railed, which I love. But we Mm -hmm. women, it takes us a long time to get there. Maybe some couple days of sex to get there sometimes, especially as we age. So when I show a guy this, I say, okay, this is a delicate area that really needs a lot of slow, sensual love. You can't just be like (laughs) sticking your dick right in it. Also, the neck is kind of thin, and the G area is up here along the top, and the perineal perineal area is down here on the bottom. And both of these tissues, on either side of the vaginal canal, basically, they love to be stroked. But you can't get to it if you're just going in and out. You've got to mm, you've got to go become here through mm. the tissue. And then inside this cavern, as it gets engorged, it blows up, it tense. And what you want to do is you want to get your penis stroking all of the tissue. The sides have nerves. The Mm. bottom is the perineal sponge. The top is the urethral sponge. Then there's the cervical area, which actually pushes down in like this. Beyond the cervix, there's area beyond the cervix. But you're not there's not you don't want to do friction on the skin of the vagina, the vaginal mucosal lining. You don't want friction there. Okay. What she wants is like there's this technique called in massage called effleurage. When you rub the skin, it mm. doesn't feel that good. But when you when you rub mm. the tissue under right. the skin, it that feels good. You want to rub oh, the womb in through the vaginal mucosal lining. You want to be stroking inside her. That's what you want to be doing. Same with the clitoris. The clit is a mini penis, literally. A and mini. It, it penis. gets like it's it gorged. Like it gets. Bigger. It gets a clit boner. Yes, literally. It, it has a shaft and it has a gland. And when you touch the glands, you don't want to be rubbing on the glands. You don't want to be rubbing on the skin. We're you are not want to doing go, a DJ thing, yeah. You want to go into the meat of the tissue and stroke that very lightly. That's one of the strokes of the expanded orgasm practice it teaches you how to do that. And what's interesting about the expanded orgasm practice as well is that there's one, the way it's organized is there's 21 erotic play dates and each Day or every couple days or once a week, you do one of the play dates, and it essentially teaches you all the facets of becoming an incredible clit stroker and putting your woman into this highly expanded orgasmic state. And I have to do this, oh yeah, it's I such a fun this. experience. It's like it's a mini workshop. It's a sex Literally. workshop. Yeah,
1: yeah, you do twenty-one exercises together. You are going to come out the other side. Yeah, different.
0: Oh, yeah
1: like why why would you not
0: <laughs> yeah and it's fun and so the one of the techniques is called fi- it's called finding her spot because it's not this in the same place every day every oh. day because she's on a 28-day cycle even after menopause she wants slightly different things and so a part of what doing the 21 erotic play dates gives you is some of the workshops are actually communication and some are technique. And it gets her talking about what feels good in the moment and gets her trusting her felt sense and gets her willing to say to you what her body is telling her. And that is what most women struggle with. They... Don't have a yoni mind connection. So, this notion of understanding all the touch techniques, both internally and externally, the clitoral stroking to get her into these rapturous states, the communication to understand that there's nothing wrong with her. She's different every day. And you want her to tell you. Mm -hmm. what she wants I always say I don't have my little kitty cat here right now I cleaned up my area Um, (laughs) but I have this little stuffed kitty and she has this tiger costume little head thing on her because sometimes we're a lioness and sometimes Mm -hmm. we're just a little kitty cat that just needs to be petted and When we as women are supported by our partners Mm -hmm. in knowing that that's just how it is and that we can begin to use these lips to say what these lips are telling us, then our guy starts to win. He gets the information he needs. It's not failure, it's Mm -hmm. feedback. He's not doing anything wrong, he's leaning into whatever she needs in the moment and then he starts winning and winning and winning and winning and that's what he wants he wants to be respected for Mm -hmm. a job well done and she needs to understand that if she's holding him back from knowing this information or if she's afraid he's gonna take it like I know what I'm doing or you don't have to tell me like he can't do that or she'll never tell And so sometimes things have to be broken down to be built back up. And I think that's one of them. Women have learned it's dangerous to say what we need. And so we just disconnect. And then we don't have the pleasure that he wants to give us. And we would really like to have.
1: Because there are some men with really fragile egos that get very defensive. Yes. Um, My sexual soulmate pact,
0: P-A-C-T, like an agreement, is what fragile men need to learn and what the women who are in love with fragile men need to do to help them understand Mm. that they're not doing anything wrong. See, when when men grow up, they're not allowed to have very many emotions. They're allowed to have anger, rage, victimhood, things like that,
1: Mm.
0: but they live in a pecking order. When they're, if they're not up, they're down. And they don't want to be down. And when they do something wrong, they're super hard on themselves. And they are just like, I fail. I'm miserable. (laughs) And so when a woman gives them feedback, and if they take it like that, Mm. it's really tough. And so Uh. it breaks that cycle and gets him to begin to understand that it's not failure, that feedback is what is empowering to him. And it flips yes. the switch, and there's a little ninja trick in that process. And um, you can get that at Sexual Pact, P-A-C-T.com. You can print out two copies. You can both read it. You can have a discussion. You can put it into practice. And it is a practice because you will forget to do it. Mm-hmm. And you have to keep bringing yourself back to it till it's like, you know, habitual. Uh, yes, habitual and yeah. uh, an unconsciously competent part of your bedroom repartee.
1: Awesome. You are changing lives. This is good shit. I'm I'm going to utilize. Okay. The last thing I know we're running out of time, but I did want to ask you if if my listeners were able to talk to you, you're such a confident, you radiate this amazing goddess energy and you can, (laughs) I can tell you have great sex. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. If people were like, how do I have that confidence? What would be just in short, like your tip so that they feel excited to go on this journey and not intimidated?
0: Yeah, Um, I think that it's a combination of things. The first thing is that um, I've I've just systematically learned all these techniques over time. So we started with the expanded orgasm practice and the sexual soulmate pact, you know, talking to each other during sex Mm -hmm. for the first time. Those were the two things we started with. My husband began to become a multi-orgasmic man where he could last as long as he wanted and have full body energy orgasms and ejaculate when he wanted to, or I begged him to. So ejaculatory choice. So he learned that. (laughs) We learned together to awaken my G-spot, release my trauma, and then Mm. how to have me enjoy female ejaculation. So we learned those techniques. We started working on our oral pleasuring skills and that's where I learned how to have throat gasms and mouth gasms and I connected my whole body all the way up and down in orgasmic pleasure by mentally connecting the dots. Um, We started playing with sex toys and incorporating them into our lovemaking practice. We worked on trying new positions and seeing what felt good with our body dynamics. Um, My husband loves lingerie. One of the reasons that that I wore it today was that I used to think that lingerie was demeaning for women and that it was just like something that only Mm. sluts did. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like 20 years ago, you know, and my husband was like, "Will you wear lingerie and slutty shoes. And I'm like, all right, I guess I have to, you know, and now I love to wear it because it, it makes him so happy to see me in lingerie. And I realized that he's just very visual and it's super pleasurable for him and that he really, really likes it a lot. And so I now feel really good about wearing it and really pretty in it. So. Over time, we just started incrementing our knowledge and trying new things. So, what I did recently was, you know, I've been writing sex techniques. I've written hundreds and hundreds of sex techniques. I've written 6,000 articles in the last 20 wow. years. Wow. I have good. written 44 books in wow. the last 20 years on wow. sex techniques. Most, the majority of them are free. Wow. And then I realized what people want they don't just want the communication techniques and the the physical pleasuring techniques. what they want are these erotic play dates, something we can do, we can schedule a date for and we can have an experience. Correct. So I put yeah. together what's what I call the sex life bucket list. Essentially if you go to sexlifebucketlist.com, you print out a PDF, it's like an eight page PDF and it has 48 erotic play dates, fun things you can do together to learn new skills and it comes with a video where I walk you through it. It's your first erotic play date. And yeah. so I walk you through the 48 things. I explain what they are, describe them, tell you more about them, and you mark whether you it's an A, a B, or a C. An A is, oh, this is definitely going on my bucket list. I want to find my G spot or whatever. I want to find my P yeah. spot or whatever yeah. it is. Bs are... It wouldn't be on my bucket list, but if you wanted to do it, I would totally be down yeah. to doing it with you. And C's are, it's not for me no. right now. But okay. As you mature and get more confident in your sexuality, and for many women who have who won't even talk about their sex life, don't even look at their genitals, you have to start there. You have to start yeah. with, let me give you massages. Let me activate your pleasure. Just receive. Let me fill you up. Not with your dick. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> "Wait a minute, technicality." <laughs> and um, maybe it's it's orgasm techniques for crossing the gasm chasm from penetration. Maybe it's you know, ooh, I want to learn, I want to learn thrust in time, this fucking technique or whatever it might be. Maybe it's using toys, and so I walk you through all these different ideas. You mark your A's, your B's, and your C's. And your C's, you can come back to them later and see if they appeal. And then you've got your merging of your A's. And then you've got your play dates. And then as, you know, Thursday rolls around, you're like, well, which one do you think we should do today? She's like, well, I think the one that's appealing most to me is blah, 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 or... Honey, tell me the three that might be fun for you today. Okay, let's try that one. This you know, is genius. Yeah. yeah. So that gives you more of a structured approach from a sex expert who's done this over the years, gone from my husband almost driving out the driveway and losing my marriage to having the best marriage and incredible sex at 62 that just keeps getting better. How inspiring is literally just
1: that path. And when does the documentary come out? Because I want to see that. Probably
0: 2025. Okay. And, um, so cool. you know, it might come out Gunner. before that, but uh, you know, they take a long time, these things to do. So that makes sense. Yeah. Well,
1: I will be keeping my eyes peeled for more information on that. Tell my listeners, this was amazing. I, I mean, Good. you have a, so much information and knowledge. So, so much. I mean, it would take hundreds of episodes to get it all from you, if not more. Where can people find you? And I'm going to put those links, everything we discussed in the episode notes and where can people find you at? Yeah, Uh, betterlover.com.
0: You can get on my email newsletter there and there's hundreds of videos including how to give a yoni massage, how to make love to an older woman, um, how to uh, go down on a guy, you know, all kinds of things. The blowjob secret, you know, all all kinds of things. Uh, So that's at betterlover.com. And if you are on my newsletter and you have a question for me, you are welcome to reply to any email you get from me Mm. and they go into my inbox and I will reply. And what I can say is that 95% of the questions questions I get I am literally like here's the link with the answer because we all want to know the same things but we're just in different places in our journey because sex is such a vast landscape Mm -hmm. and then sometimes your questions require my thinking and advice and I give you an answer and advice and you go off and try it and let me know how it goes because that's what makes me better so Mm -hmm. um that's the best place to find me if you're on Instagram or really any place. It's my name, Susan Bratton. You can follow me at my name.
1: Yeah. You have great videos. I love your content. Thank you. Thank you, Susan, for for coming on the Horny Housewife again. I had so much fun. Me too. Thank you for all the great questions.